This Tez podcast is produced in association with SmartMatch. SmartMatch is Tez's team of dedicated recruitment specialists that help schools match their roles with over 315,000 talented teachers who have signed up to be contacted about relevant job opportunities. If you have a hard-to-fill role, you can contact the team via tez.com forward slash SmartMatch. podcast we're going to be thinking all about those hard to fill roles in recruitment. Recruiting teachers in the last year has been tougher than ever for schools not just in the UK but thinking across the globe. As the pool of teachers gets smaller and the number of schools and students gets larger trying to find the right staff in the right posts at the right time can feel like an insurmountable task. But is it actually impossible? No says our guest Liz Cloak. Liz is head teacher of a school of Tembe International School in Penang. And since being in post, she has felt the pressure of recruitment, but has put strategies in place to combat that pressure. So, Liz, hi, thanks for joining us. Do you want to start off by just telling me a little bit about your school and and the recruitment needs you've got there? Hi, um, yes, um, I am in an international school uh, that has four different schools on the campus, which includes the national, secondary and primary, as well as the okay. international, secondary and primary. And we have... Uh, in my section of the school, which is the international secondary, we've got about 360 students. Mm. We range from year seven up through to year 13 mm-hmm. with a small sixth form. Uh, I have 35 staff under my um, in my school in particular, and uh, we have approximately 120 staff across the campus, including wow. the admin stuff as well so we have 780 I think just under 800 students across the whole campus wow and so when it comes to recruitment what are your what are your strategies what's recruitment like for you in the last year um th- this year um our retention rates have been the highest that they have been um in previous years that's so good. that's fantastic yeah. so to be able to bring in sort of a small number of new staff and um, makes it an easier job mm. um but we do have i think similar to the uk we have um some issues with particular subject areas mm. now we have got a 30 percent roughly uh percent uh, ratio of expat staff compared to the local staff which makes it slightly different compared to a lot of international schools yeah I I was always very interested to come over to this setup um in the in the way that you've got the local and the expat staff because I didn't just want to move from the UK working with UK teachers to then working with UK teachers in an international setup so um we are always looking for staff who want who, who have got that extra something um they've got to be adaptable they've got Mm. to be flexible working in a smaller school as well from my point of view um sometimes it's necessary to offer more than one subject yes um so that's important or or at least willing to offer uh, more than one subject and, and give it a go um i think recruitment challenges have been easier since we have joined a a, the international schools partnership Mm -hmm. which is a global group of schools Mm. and we've got uh, I think just over 40 schools across the world and going to the that group has supported us in in terms of the recruitment process this year. Have they supported you? What what sort of things have they done? So there's more of a pool Um, we can also um, speak to and and, uh, liaise with the HR 
recruitment. There, there's conversations happening between the schools um, and yeah. different regions of the schools to be able to pick out different yeah. uh, positions that might suit, you know, and, yeah. people, and people want to say, stay in the group as well uh, because it's moving forward. That must offer really good flexibility for you then. Yeah, potentially. Um, we, you know, the schools in Ecuador and various other parts of South America, oh, yeah. Middle East, here in the UK and other parts of Asia. So, yes, potentially in um, the future. I think you find that a lot with international teachers. Like once they've been abroad, their move won't, their next school won't always be a school back home. Mm-hmm. They'll want to go and try a different country. Yeah. And I guess when you're in a group like that, it gives it a, a new challenge and a new school and a new new country a little bit less scary hmm. if it's part of a group that you already belong to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and you've got that support to be able to move within as well. Yeah. Um, and being part of a schools group within Malaysia, the Tembi schools, there are seven schools. So mm. there have also been movement between the seven schools within Malaysia. So yeah. I started off in the Kuala Lumpur flagship school and then moved with um, the promotion to the head of school yeah. um, to Penang. So yeah, lots of opportunities, but also in terms of the CPD and being able mm. to link up different uh, teachers within the different schools. Yeah. It's fantastic. And that makes you much more attractive definitely, to new teachers coming in. Definitely, so yeah. selling that, that what you can offer in your advertisements? Do you, is that the sort of thing that you might put on your... Yeah, we, we, we feel that we've got a very strong CPD programme, which is attractive uh, yeah. to teachers out there. And I think on the international circuit, it is growing in terms of the CPD mm-hmm. and how important it is. Um, it, in my previous experience, it, it wasn't on the cards. And, no. it, you know, I, I think the competition with the international schools... You have to be able to offer those extras and, you know, you can have your packages of, you know, your flights home and everything. But it's also your own development and what you can uh, sort of buy into. So and that's so true because you've got the the attractive package. Like, this is tax fee, flights home, you're going to sort out all of those things. That's nice in the short term. But most teachers, when we're looking at job adverts, are thinking about long term we're thinking mm. about our career and if I take this job here yeah is it going to mean that I'm not going to be employable again mm. when I want to move back home or yeah, to a that's different... it. yeah it's trying to keep up to date with you know the yeah. things that are changing in education going around that wheel and doing yeah. things again <laughs> um but yeah we, we not only are we part of the schools group within the, the Tembi schools but we're also part of AIMS which is the Association of International Schools within Malaysia so there there are there is criteria to be part of that as well Mm. and and looking for that but also this um this year we've just had full accreditation with the council of international schools so that again is if you're on the international circuit you're looking for those accreditations we've also got the wasc which is the western association of schools and colleges which was also with the cis so i think those you know accreditations and, and being part of a group is more attractive so we're attracting a higher caliber of um, applicant yeah which is which is great for us um there's also the social media so it's you know also getting that out and people can see what you know i'm doing as a head of school what my principal is doing and seeing where the school is moving forward and you know in the right direction do you find that you use social media a lot to recruit new staff? Is that something that you're looking at now? Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, our HR team within uh, Penang are on social media. They're on LinkedIn. Mm. Uh, we use Twitter, sharing, mm. and, you know, again, across the, the world. And from my experiences, I've now got friends and, you know, ex-colleagues yeah. who are across the world, which is, you know, amazing in terms of 
if you're going on holiday and you want to stay with them, but also, <laughs> but also to, uh, you know, link in with them yeah. to, you know, get the word out uh, and you know people and yes, that's an advantage. You just want the biggest net possible and to cast it as far yeah, widely as possible. Definitely. Um, when we're thinking about those hard to fill roles in for your in your context what are those hard to fill roles for you for us um the the easier roles because in malaysia we have maths and science which is outstanding levels it's high level stuff um that you know the kids challenge the teachers oh don't i feel a bit scared already (laughs) yeah it is anyway my strongest point um but we are very lucky in the fact that we can recruit um, teachers that are local yeah. to be able to deliver those subjects. Oh. And often they've also got an MA or they're wanting to study like a PhD within that subject area. We do still have uh, difficulties filling the, the physics, uh, the chemistry. Oh, really? Um, in some, sometimes, yeah. uh, making sure that we've got the, the highest calibre of st- you yeah. know, teacher within our school in, in front of our teachers and that's what's most important to us and this is where the flexing up comes in handy yeah so math teachers that can offer lower lower level physics and that kind of thing that's it yeah that's... so it, we've we've recruited a local member of staff mm-hmm. to teach the physics but actually he's also going to be teaching the some of the ad maths a level as well i think it's the pure maths that oh, he's ideal. able to come in and do the mechanics as well so yeah it's no, it, it's it's being adaptable and flexible yeah. and taking the opportunities. Um, we've got me, for example, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a geography specialist, mm-hmm. but I've been teaching geography this year and last year. Thoroughly enjoying it, supported yeah. by my head of uh, humanities. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, doing different things and, and taking advantage of that. And yeah. it's also CPD, isn't it? <laughs> if you've got teachers who are willing to take on that, the responsibility of developing their own subject knowledge, mm-hmm. then flexing up and offering other subjects is yeah is something that i think in a smaller school you just have to do Mm -hmm. and it makes sense recruitment wise because it's when you're when you have the inevitable loss of teachers when people move on for promotions or move back home or or retire yes you can then like look at your whole staff plan and just flex up a little bit yeah definitely and put people into the Mm -hmm. right places and if you've got someone who could offer two subjects yeah then that's you are more attractive yeah. <laughs> on paper and and coming to uh, our schools yeah definitely absolutely how about any other strategies that you've you've thought about maybe putting in for the year coming up so have you thought now about potential roles you're going to need to fill next year or are you in a position at the moment where actually everything's quite Actually, we are in a good position yeah. because of the contracts. Um, and yes. Explain so, to me a bit about how the contracts work. So in our school, it's a two-year contract. Okay. And uh, with with that, it's then renewed for a further two years. Mm-hmm. Um, two years, two years. And that's whether you're happy, but also whether mm. the, the group are happy. And and um, it's it's working well in terms of people stay yeah uh, and Penang is a great place to be Mm -hmm. and our school is a great place to be as well and so therefore people stay Mm -hmm. we have very few people that just do their two years and move on yeah which can be a problem in other schools you know that that some of the oh no the younger the younger people younger teachers they want to do two years in one country move on to the next yes, country yeah, on, yeah. on to the next country for the travel opportunities yeah. etc so sometimes that can be tricky but we're in a good position um our local staff have permanent contracts mm-hmm. so that's that's a, a 
great selling point because once our local staff are there they tend to stay for a very long time yeah which for consistency is fantastic for mm. the students for the for the staff and also for the parents and also for we've got to think about budgets mm. like yes. the cost of recruiting is is high yes and so thinking that you've got a member of staff and you've got them mm-hmm. and how can you what it, this is where we have a nice crossover with well-being surely mm-hmm. because if they're happy That's they'll it. stay yeah yeah. And as I said, um, our retention rates are the highest um, this year. So, yes, it's a great place to be. I mean, yeah. the sunshine helps. <laughs> um, and the the fact that our kids are amazing. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the, the attitude to learning within Asia mm. um, from speaking to my um, friends and ex-colleagues um, it is, is fantastic. Yeah. It, it means that you can teach yeah. and it means that you can enjoy the teaching as well mm. um, and that is part of it and I think we've got we've done a lot of developments across the campus to make it a, a better learning environment yeah. more supportive environment in terms of you know improving the staff room yeah. and trying to make sure that you know st- staff are under capacity to give them mm. a little bit more time to be able to pop in to visit other uh, lessons for example yeah. and it, it is a great learning environment because this is it you can have the best recruitment strategies you can have the fanciest adverts you can be using all of your contacts but if once the teachers get into your school mm-hmm. and you could have lovely weather great kids and a good curriculum but unless you're actually looking after those staff too yeah you're going to continue to have high recruitment costs yeah. because people won't stay yeah that's it and i think um the majority um of staff do stay Mm. um sometimes you get it wrong and uh you know that's that's part of uh, the recruitment process and you move on from that and and you you learn and that's you know something that you have to reflect on and then adapt your recruitment processes this year we have used um, a couple of different agencies but as Mm -hmm. you say it is expensive yeah um so the social media side of things getting it out there on the different channels um is helpful and and on on the odd occasion you do get cv sent into you because of yes your um you know your presence yeah 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 Yeah. and i think that you're more likely to get somebody who understands you yes as a school leader and your school in your school context if they've taken the time to research you first Mm -hmm. that's always a very good indicator isn't it definitely and without plug in here i think you know the blogs are important yeah and, and yeah you know trying to share how the international teaching life is and being yeah. realistic about it but also giving advice um to make sure that your decisions about going to the school are right for you yeah no, um, i think we can plug away there liz cloaks <laughs> uh blogs on what it's like to live in malaysia and teach in malaysia are brilliant and they're a great Thank insight you. for anybody who wants to look a little bit more into what it's what it's like to teach abroad well on that note thank you very much liz thanks for coming in thank you very much for having me In every sector, schools feel the pressure when it comes to filling certain roles. And the truth is, some roles are harder to fill than others. I'm lucky to be joined today with someone with lots of experience in all things recruitment, Hannah Boydell of Rencombe College in Gloucestershire. So, Hannah, thank you for coming in. What do you think makes a role hard to fill? I think that the the hardest thing actually is the subject. Yeah. It really is. I know it's so cliche to say it. Um, but 
my heart sinks, well, it did sink, when two members of our maths department retired at the same time. Oh. And it was it was quite a, oh, right, OK, we can do this, we can do this. And we have filled the roles. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think it's it's a... You can tell across the board and nationally, yeah. maths teachers, physics teachers. Physics teachers, interesting fact for you. Go on. The most... Teachers, the subject that we've got the most newest teachers coming to, physics, but they're also the subject that most teachers are leaving. They're leaving from is physics. Physics. Uh, we get them, we lose them. Well, we do, and I wonder why that is. Um, no, those. I think the subject is the hardest thing. Yeah. Um, you will see an abundance of uh, English teachers, yeah. um, history teachers, geography teachers, mm. um, but those are the really, really, yeah, I'd say the, the subject is the hardest thing, first of all. And it does vary from county to county. Of course, of course. And um, I know that you can sometimes get in certain areas shortages in mm. in a certain subject, mm. bizarrely. And, it, and also I'd say that if the role that you were looking to recruit to is quite specific, it's quite niche. You know, mm. it's not a full-time table. Right, yeah. So getting onto types of contracts... Part-time contracts mm. can be more tricky. Yes. But then also can be really appealing. Hugely. You'll find, especially people who um, might have, uh, might be doing tutoring, people mm. who um, have got very specific things in their own personal life that they yeah, need other to... other commitments. F- exactly, that they need to fit their job around rather than the other way around. But all you're doing is narrowing yes. the field. And I think if you want a part-time role, you can apply for a full-time role and try and negotiate. Yeah. But I think people would be more reluctant to see a part-time role, think, I want full-time hours, I'm going to apply for that and try and negotiate. It, it just yeah, it, doesn't... It doesn't work the other way around. So how how do you get around that when you're putting a job advert out? So we will look at what the actual number of uh, periods to teach is um, and we'll hedge our, hedge our bets. We'll say it's between, for example, 0.6 and 0.8 FTE. Yeah. Um, and that gives a fair amount of scope. And if if it is somebody who, you know, if the right candidate comes along and um, we don't have enough teaching for them, yeah. I'm fairly certain we would find them something else to do. Yeah, We'd find something that would fit to make sure that other subjects were covered um, and not just teaching, you know, doing the whole co-curricular as well. Is that something that you would put on your advert? No. How would you word it? What, what's your best advice for schools? I'm, there's me saying, would I put that on the advert? I haven't put it on the advert. Mm. Um, and our adverts, they're all different. There isn't one that fits all. Oh, okay. I will rewrite each one or yeah. I will add to the kind of template yeah, to yeah. say, you know, this will start off as um, this will start off as a, as a 0.8. Mm-hmm but with the potential for the right candidate. Right. Using that phrase, for the right candidate, yeah. um, we can see what we can do pull yeah. together so yeah. that we can get them to, you know, come and work with us, at least apply. It's not always what you're offering. Sometimes mm. it's when you're offering it. Yes. <sighs> <laughs> the, um, the recruitment cycle um so we're coming into september now it will be i'm gonna touch some wood and cross my fingers it should be quite quiet from a recruitment point of view yeah for teaching um 
everyone gets a bit nosy and looks online they have a look but then there's not actual there isn't much movement there shouldn't be no because of the recruitment cycle and because of notice periods yes um come january generally if you're looking to what i have found is people who who are looking to retire at the end of that academic year yeah january is when they're going to retire you know that's when they'll declare it because they want to hand over they want to i've found they want to be part of the recruitment process make sure that the right person is coming in it's the legacy of very much when you retire isn't it absolutely um and it all starts to get a bit tense sort of march time Mm -hmm. march to april because certainly from an independent schools perspective if you want to go and work in another school from september you need to um, hand in your notice by the 30th of April mm. um, and that does happen that we do end up with resignation sort of right yeah. at the end of April so we've already started the new term yeah so you know we manage it yes you've got the newly qualifieds mm. that you're that are potentially floating around around yes. sort of January time. It's normally the time that their course tutors might be saying, you should probably think about applying for jobs Have now. a look. Absolutely. So I have um, started to build up links with Gloucestershire University. Oh. Um, they have a whole graduate recruitment um, they've got a graduate recruitment fair. They have a jobs posting board as well. How did you make those links? What did I you do? Googled. <laughs> Frankly, I Googled. I, well, I contacted. First of all, I picked up the phone yeah. and spoke to the student union mm-hmm. and said, who can I talk to? Because we had a role that we needed to fill. It wasn't teaching. It was um, sports coach. Okay. Um, and I said, you know, we've got this role um, and I am struggling to fill it. Yeah. Um, what would you suggest I do? You know, you're local. What do you think? And they said, well, we have, you know, we have this service. Fantastic. Mm. So it's just pushing yourself out there. Absolutely. Thinking outside the box Mm, sometimes. Very much. Contacting them because people aren't always going to come to you. No. So I've got to go and chat about Rankin. Job adverts. Mm -hmm. When you've got a role that's hard to fill and you need to re-advertise. Yes. Yeah, it is. It can be... um, So... Is it madness to put the same job advert up and expect a different response? No, because you're doing it at a different time. Mm-hmm. You can tweak it. You can mm-hmm. amend it. You can say, well, if we revisit it and go, why don't we, um, okay, instead of trying to find a maths teacher who can teach further maths and key stage five. Yes. Uh, take that out. Right. Take that out and see if we can find key stage three, key stage four teacher. Yeah. Let's see if we can do that. And if we can do that, I think that we can muddle through from the department. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that you can... Or try a different strategy. Absolutely. Um, I, think you can, I think you can put the same advert out mm. pretty much because the timing will be different. Um, I would, again, I would start approaching um, colleagues. Yes. Who do you know? Who yeah. do you know that would like the look of this? Mm. Um, do you know anybody that would fit in here? Do you know anybody who is looking? And this is the other thing. People who are already teachers, generally, they they start to dip their toe in the water in December um, and continue all the way through um, that sort of January to April Mm -hmm. term. However, anybody who has been out of teaching for a while, anybody who is... um, So anybody who has... I'm thinking of... um, 
parents who've been out of yeah. teaching or people who've perhaps semi-retired absolutely and thinking about coming back for a few very years very much and that's and that's the thing it, they will always be looking yeah um the, the 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 recruitment cycle almost doesn't apply to them no it doesn't and it doesn't. we know from the stats there's tons of qualified teachers out yes. there who aren't teaching in schools yes and that is a rich they're, and they're ripe and and they are able to be specific about what it is that they are looking for yeah um you know i just want to teach chemistry i don't want to tutor group i don't want to do any of the mm. activities or after school stuff i just want to teach yeah. so turn up give me my timetable i will teach and then i'll go home again but yeah. then you have people who want to do it the other way around and say, well, actually, yes, I want to do the teaching, but I'm really, really, really interested in coaching hockey. Or, <laughs> or well, it happens. Really? You do. Yeah, absolutely. I really want to get into that side of things. Or um, I've got my teaching qualification. I want to do that. But at the same time, I really want to um, see what I can do as far as, I don't know, outdoor ed, um, Duke of Edinburgh. Oh. Because it's more strings to their bow, yeah, isn't it? You know, it's much as they're helping us by working and teaching in the classroom it's about us giving them the experience and stuff to put on their cv it sounds to me like it's about being more broad in your thinking mm. and not just thinking about the single role in front of you your and i know your school is is a fantastic school it's in a it offers a great range of subjects and your students are really happy and your staff mm. are really happy that's a brilliant selling point if you if you can sell that about your school mm. The thing, the thing that, um, and I suppose this is a very, it's a small advert. Every child is treated as an individual at our school, and I would like to think that every member of staff, both teaching and business support, mm. as much as humanly possible, is treated in exactly the same way. So that you know, I need to be able to, um, I don't know teacher might come and say I have um something that I actually I can't be here on a Wednesday afternoon or um we'll see what we can do to make it work so it's as much as teachers coming in to work there or the ones who are already there it's making it fit yeah it's making it fit there's no such thing as an as a nine to five day anymore in the classroom it doesn't exist anymore <laughs> right Hannah thank you so much for coming in I've Pleasure. really enjoyed this